Welcome back to Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. Here we'll discuss tools and ideas that help parish leaders and parishioners live their Catholic faith daily. Every month we'll cover a variety of short topics across a broad range of products and services, all offered by diocesan. We'll explore topics related to community, communication, and connection, all guided by this year's liturgical calendar. Discover, transform, journey, and prepare. The topics are designed to help you best serve the people entrusted to you at your parish. And now, here's your host, Mr. John Cardenas. John Cardenas here, and welcome to episode number nine of the Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. With me today is Harry Rutherford. Hello, John. How are you doing today? How are you, Harry? <laughs> real well, real well. Sitting in the oven that is Michigan. Uh, pretty warm up here today, muggy. This is more Atlanta weather or Florida weather. And uh, I don't know about that. Actually, I have rain going on here in the south. So we have a number of storms going up this, this afternoon. So, yes, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Well, Harry, I'm excited to have you back and also excited about introducing our guest today. But before we get to that, we are having a conversation with a parish communication and media coordinator that is probably, hopefully, many of you here joining us today are dealing with the same challenges and potential hoorays that you get through communication when you're trying to create innovative communication for your community. And here at Diocesan, we work very hard at providing value in everything that we do in this industry to great products and services. So we thought that today, this topic will center our focus around communication in the bulletin space, along with the digital space, which many of you, if you've listened to some of our episodes this year, we've combined or done a combination of things where we have digital cut discussions surrounding the bulletin, and then some are more centered around how the balance of these two uh, mediums of communication work or interact. So what we hope today is, in, especially for bulletin editors, communication directors, the communication media coordinators out there, we're hoping that today this will be a great opportunity for us to share with you how do we help you in order to not only get parishioners to read more, not only the messages you're sending through digital, through the digital space that you may be using at your parish, but how do we get more parishioners to read your bulletin, which I think is a, probably a big challenge for all of us. Don't you think, Harry? Absolutely. It's the, the most common question. How do I get more people to, to pay attention to the bulletin and all the other facets of communication? Very true. Now, today we are speaking with Kristen Bracaglia over at St. Vincent de Paul parish in Wildwood, Florida, and we will explore how digital communication has impacted the church today. Kristen will share some practical strategies with us to help you pivot your communication and find balance, which I think is what we all strive for, is how do we find a balance between these two mediums? Now, over the past few years, Kristen has taken the St. Vincent de Paul's communication strategy to a whole new level. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure Harry can, will have other opinions, but I know Christy has done a remarkable job at her parish with communication, and I can't wait to highlight some of the great things that she's doing. But by taking print and digital communication at her parish, she's been able not only to enhance the message of the parish, but also to connect her community and living their Catholic life every day. So I'm very excited about having Kristen with us. And Kristen, are you with us right now? Welcome to the Catholic Life Every Day, Kristen. Thank you for joining us. 
And how are you? Lovely. <laughs> Wonderful. Great to have you here. Now, we're excited to get to know you and learn more about our communication strategy, your communication strategy, but also how we've been able, hopefully, to help you in that strategy at your parish. Now, before we dive in, I'd like to invite everyone in a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you again. Thank you for this great opportunity to come. We come to you in this setting, Father. Yeah, there's virtual setting this afternoon, asking for your blessing, as always, and asking for your help as we gather together. May everything we do, Father, begin with your inspiration and continue with your saving grace. Help us through this webinar today, learn, connect, help inspire others to live a Catholic life every day. And be with us this afternoon. Send your Holy Spirit to guide us. Let our work always find its origin in you, Father, and through you reach its completion. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Kristen, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time today and spending a few minutes with us, hopefully probably 30, 45 minutes with us, talking a little bit about what you do at St. Vincent de Paul. And I'm sure a lot of our attendees today, our viewers, listeners to this podcast will want to know a little bit about you. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I actually, I explained this before to you guys, but I actually moved down here from Maryland about five years ago now. And I graduated from the University of Maryland with actually an English and Lit degree. So I had to like self-teach myself all of the stuff that I'm doing now. But and I started at yeah, I started really right when I moved down here. And then I started as a receptionist when I was hired. And then through the years, my director, Sydney Van Nostrand, she saw that I was talented in the artistic side of things. And I was very technical, like I was very good at everything with computers and stuff like that. So she just trusted me to just keep giving me projects. And so I guess it's now four years ago, four years ago now, that I've advanced to be a communications and media coordinator. Fantastic. Wow. What I love about your story with the parish is that not only you bring this great experience in your background with literature and, but what I love about it is that you also gone through what many of us, I think we can all relate for those of us that have worked in the parish life, have worked with communication that we started at one point with one role, but then we evolved through the either because of the needs of the parish, because of your, again, your time and talent that was offered there at the parish. And someone saw that in you and said, hey, can you do this? And then continue on from there. That's awesome. That's what we love about this. Not only meeting with you, but also getting to know a little bit about what your experience has been with communication over the years. Now, I always like to leave not only here, but towards the end of our podcast, where can our viewers or listeners find you? In this case, I like to say more along the lines of where can they find your work? So where will you want our viewers, listeners to go and see that? We have our website, subtercatholic.org, which is S-U-M-T-E-R. And then also on Facebook, I post a lot of like the images, stuff to go with evangelist posts, but that's S-V-D-P Wildwood. And then you just find it there. That's great. For those of you joining us today, this is, for me, this is an awesome experience getting to talk to Kristen. I, Kristen, again, I already said it, but I've admired many of the things that you do in communication at your parish. You do, you do an incredible amount of work, not only on the print side through the bulletin, but also on the digital space, especially most recently, or at least in the past couple of years, you've been working with evangelists too. 
And that I know has been also probably one of those learning experiences of how to adapt your communication to a multimedia channel like Evangelist. So I'm grateful to have you and excited about this. And for those of you, again, listening, St. Vincent de Paul, it's in Wildwood, Florida, as you already heard. It's a very, it's a unique community, if I'm not mistaken. We're actually right by the villages. I'm sure many people have heard of it, but it's like that really huge retirement community that's becoming like metropolis. So we are like right next to that. So we have a lot of people that are retired, people that snowbird down here. And also not too long ago, we were a much smaller parish. So we had started off as like a very small mission size church. And then we just exploded with all the population increase and everything else. Our church has gotten so big. It's so true. And actually I was doing a little bit of, of research and I started reading about Wildwood and it's crazy in about, I think it's the villages. I think it's the one you mentioned. I think it, in the past 10 years, they've seen like 39% growth. Yeah. Uh, and six, it's on real 65, yeah. 65 and older, if I'm not mistaken. It's quite fascinating to see the growth that you guys have experienced. And I can only imagine that there's a number of Catholic members of the villages that attend your parish. So I, that's gotta be. Unique, of course, to any parish to have that high percentage of, of parishioners attending your, your community. So that's awesome. Now, what can you tell us a little bit about how you mentioned a little bit about you went from secretary or from a clerical work to now more into the communication space of the parish. What are some of the projects that you were involved when you first started working in this space of communication at the parish? Well, it just started off as just like creating signs. It just, I became primarily the graphic artist, graphic designer. And then it was like doing things for the mass itself. Like we have slides for the songs and stuff during mass. Then that kind of started me off. And then I started slowly like taking, like doing little things in the bulletin. And then I was pretty good at it. So then that just became my responsibility. So I was receptionist and doing the bulletin and then it could be from there. And then it wasn't too long ago. I was able to by my director to get onto social media. And then it became more about using that as a platform and then evangelist. So it's all like a process of, it just develops. So I don't know, it just falls into place as you continue to grow. When we talk about the, you mentioned social media, you mentioned the digital space versus what probably a lot of parishes are. We can relate communication very quickly by saying the bulletin is the main source of communication mm -hmm. for any parish. And then there's this area of new for, even though it, social media has been around for quite some time. I know for us with the My Parish app, we first introduced the My Parish app back in 2015. Mm -hmm. That was our introduction aside from websites. We were, this was our true introduction to the technology space in the Catholic space. Yeah. So when you look at what's happened over the years with technology in the Catholic space, how will you describe your approach and how you've led or cast a vision for strategic communications at, at St. Vincent de Paul? That's also a process. So it's just, you have to have, you have to work within the construct of what you have available to you for as far as like the bulletin and stuff. Like we used to just rely strictly on that. That was the only thing that we could communicate with our parishioners with, with just printed bulletin. You have to like work with ministries and work with them directly and how you would get that process started. And with media and like with the digital aspect of things, we've just been able to just organize better and that things get, it's easier to get your message out 
if you're using the digital space, you know, how it's supposed to go. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, but it's nothing's written down. You create your own processes as you go on. Like you just kind of learn through that. And you also just have to be really good at communicating with ministries, with parishioners, address where you're lacking in some places as far as communication goes. So you just kind of have to do that. And I know for you, again, going back to St. Vincent de Paul and the area that St. Vincent de Paul resides, it's got to be unique. Yeah, and I don't know if you can speak to that because you do have a an older community or an older generation, but I'm sure that there's also younger families that are part of the mix. It's not we're, just... We're know. getting that more so now that we're like, that the developments are growing around us. We are starting to see younger families, but you no, know, that was a thing once getting people adjusted to change and people don't like change. So when it came to, <laughs> I changed the layout completely of the bulletin and it was received well, but you know, some people had grumblings and stuff. There's always like grumblings you have to cope with, but it always, most of the time works out in the end, but <laughs> it's, you got to also consider like your demographics. So it's like, you don't want to go and make these changes and quickly or like too fast. Cause it just, it's. It can cause unrest. That's like, you made a good point. Just gradually make the changes, Harry. That's, that's key. I will say that's key when it comes to any community. Yeah, it's gotta be gradual. Gotta let people kind of learn as they go, but also be available for like questions and guiding them through that process of switching over to digital, like primarily or something, or you've got a new website. So they have to get used to like where the tabs are and where they can find things. Cause you know, we had one website where it was just like, not, it wasn't well constructed at all, but everyone knew where everything was. So they were used to that. But when we changed over, it was much more sleek, but finding things was like, people got grumpy because they couldn't find like where to watch or where to see the bulletin and stuff like that. So it was, it just kind of go and throw or punches. That makes sense. What you said about the, there's always two people in every parish that when you change something, they're going to make a point of stopping by your office and saying, Hey, Kristen, what did you do? We liked the old way. And you've got so many channels of communication that you're, <laughs> you're dealing with. Do you have any idea how many total you have? As far as, you know, bulletin website. Oh, I see. Yes. So yeah, we use bulletin, evangelist, YouTube, let's see. What else do we have? The My Parish app. And did I say Facebook? Cause I, we have Facebook as well. Yep. You didn't say Facebook. Yeah. So there's several. Yep. Which one do you feel is the easiest and the hardest? Which one? Do you have an easy one or one that you prefer? I know most bulletin editors look at the, some of the people I deal with, they look at the digital age, you're embracing it. And some of them kind of, they're afraid of it. And did you have a lot of trouble with that in the beginning? But it's more so like, how do I explain this? For me, I find like Facebook and stuff kind of intuitive because I grew up with it and it's just on me, but getting people like management stuff used to the idea that it's okay, you can monitor it and it's fine. There's ways that you can keep it safe and secure. But to your question, easiest and hardest one that I've used is actually evangelist. It's both because for me, it is like the best channel to get 
everything done in one place so I can just make sure everyone gets the same message at the same time. But some of the user user settings and stuff, it's not intuitive for me because I want it to do more. But it's good for somebody that is, doesn't have as much advanced practice in placement and layout and stuff right. like that. So it's good, it's good for people that are not as advanced with the software. So like I'm used to Photoshop and being able to change things and manipulate layouts and stuff. And it's just more limited that way. But as far as getting communication out to everybody, it's fantastic. Nice. Now the bulletin, I've looked at your bulletin and I was able to dig out some very old copies and I think they are pre-Kristen and what you've done is really amazing. <laughs> it's really well done. I like what you've done and I like the way you said it, that you didn't just change everything all at once and just shock people that, that whole shock. The bulletin, was that a big project for you? How long did that take you to really change that over? Well, it's funny. The big change really happened with COVID when we all had it closed down and everything. We had still the same amount of pages we had built, but we were shut down. There was nothing to write about. So what I did was I just decided to just create it so that we could get the information that people needed like out there, but in a aesthetically pleasing way. So that's where I just completely shifted it over to the style that it's in now. But before that, I was slowly making just like small advertisements and being like, okay, I can do this. I'd get information from the ministries and then I'd create their advertising and we would put it in places in the bulletin instead of having the whole thing look like it does now. Now the people who submit, you were talking about working with a lot of different ministries and really working hand in hand with them. Do you have any real issues with people who go, I want this font for my article or I have my biggest thing, honestly, uh, my biggest thing I about youth group directors and they go, I have 500 photos from the youth group. Oh, no. I mean, you should put those in the bulletin and you go 500 photos. What? Yeah, no. And it's funny. I used to get pushback, but people got used to me now. So they know that they can trust me. So I don't have as much trouble now, but before I just, I don't let, I'm the one that does the predicted stuff. So it's, I want you to give me your stuff, like what you want to say, and I'll do the layout and stuff. I don't accept things that are like already pre-designed and they expect it in the bulletin. It just does it. So I just say, just give me the verbiage and I'll make something. But before, yeah, you would get people that had it in their mind that they better. And you just have to be kind and communicate with them. Be like, I appreciate your input, but I'm going to do this instead. So, I mean, really, you just have to put your foot down in some of those circumstances. Like, obviously, you want to be kind and be very customer service oriented. But at the end of the day the bulletin reflects your parish. So if you oh. are just accepting. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I'm applauding right here, Harry. That, yeah. that represents your parish. That's awesome. No, Chris, actually, that, that is amazing. I'm glad, Harry, I'm glad you asked that question because one of my other questions was for you as a media coordinator for your parish, Kristen, we deal, we hear a lot from parishes that they're dealing with not only a number of ministries that want their message set or share, 
via the bulletin, but then you're also working with your pastor who takes priority probably in a lot of things that you want to showcase on your bulletin. But then you also have lay leaders and you have other members of the parish that want to share the good news of their ministry or whatever message is being shared. That balance, I think is key. And you, again, you, I love what you said, and you want to keep the branding, the connection as to what St. Vincent de Paul is about, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you also have some sort of a guideline as to when things need to be submitted so that there's no disorder as to, because that's, I guess that's the other issue. Typically here from a lot of ministries or lay leaders or even the pastor, I walk into your office and here, I need this in the upcoming bulletin. Do you, do you have something? Can you share with us? What do you do on that front when you're dealing with something that it wants it next weekend and you're like, sorry, can't do that. Is there anything that you do with that? Well, yeah, but first I want to say when you're telling people, when everyone wants everything at the same time and you just don't have the space, what's been great is being able to offer an alternative, which is what I've used evangelists for sometimes is if there's this ministry and there's like kind of a event going on that might not appeal to everybody, you still want to get their message out and you think that it will appeal to some and that they should join. You can use digital media as a way to just so not everything has to go in the bulletin at once. So you can do it and have other means communicate. But as far as that kind of process with ministries and stuff like that, I, for one, do not accept post-it or an email. Like, I'm, <laughs> I just, I will lose a piece of paper so fast. So I can't have that. That's not going to work. So I ask an email and also that I need it two weeks in advance because, and then I explain I have a deadline. In, in a, and I also have my director share, like when there's things that aren't regular, like we have regular ministries that submit things, but things that are like outside of the parish, like and stuff like that, I always go to her and say, well, is this something we would want to publish? Because sometimes you don't know. But you do, you just have to set boundaries, which, you know, is important. And just say, if they want it in last minute, I can't. So that's just, and it's okay to say. And you then again, you can offer the alternatives of evangelists. So like, I'll make, I'll do a push for you. And then that's been helpful. There's sometimes I forget that I'm supposed to add something like we had, because we have this every month, we have twice a week, our resale shop or twice monthly, we have a resale shop that sometimes I forget to send out the reminder in the bulletin that they're going to come and pick up donations. So evangelists have been great for that. And they get a good response through it. Now, that brings a good point, the balance, the balance between digital and your print media. So going back to this idea that you're getting bombarded or not, I don't want, I'm probably exaggerating you're getting bombarded, but you do, really. <laughs> you probably do get a number of requests. Hey, can you do this? Can you post this at next event? Whatever it may be. But I think there's got to be also a balance of what, how much you get to say. Because sometimes we talk a lot about the balance of information versus inspiration. And do you follow something similar to that effect? Do you have some sort of rule of thumb that you're like, all right, this week I'm going to focus my efforts on just inspiring our community to live a Catholic life, or I'm focusing on a little bit of that, but a little bit of information. Do you have a balance within your bulletin and your communication in general? It really depends on what's going on too. If we're having, is working our slow time of the year, it's sure. not busy season. During this time, I've done stuff like just about the Eucharist. Like I've had a couple, like a nice layout to describe, to do the, it's like the National Eucharistic Revival. Mm -hmm. Did some Correct. segments on that, but also like with what ministries were doing things, like having a little informational 
fits in there. When someone sends, submits like a page of something to describe whatever they have going on, you can edit it down. And that's actually, I recommend that because people aren't going to read a wall of text. Was not going to, you know, their eyes are going to go right over it. So I always say, okay, just so you know, I'm going to edit this and it, they're fine with it and it works out, but you just have to have a balance of not overwhelming people with information because that just gets not, they don't need that, but also being inspirational when, it, when space allows, I like to, I like to do prayers for special occasions and stuff. I'll include that in the bulletin and especially like for fathers or depending on what holidays coming up, I'll do that. So you just have to see where you're at as a parish, like what's going on and bounce it with something nice. Absolutely. Very nice. Very nice. I will invite everyone that's listening, viewing our podcast today to visit again, the website, find bulletins at sumtercatholic.org. And again, I encourage everyone to just check out Kristen's work. It's just unbelievable what she's been able to do. Kristen, thank you again. You're doing a phenomenal job. I appreciate that. So thank you again. Just want to invite everyone. Harry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're fine, John. You know that. I just, I have so many questions and I really don't want to bombard you. That's okay. I really don't. And I really, I like, uh, basically you, you said earlier, you just kind of, you have a literature degree and you fell into this communications role. What do you think your biggest hurdle in learning, you know, because I have a lot of folks out there that go, oh, I can't do that. I mm -hmm. don't know. What was your biggest hurdle in the communications realm for you to learn? And how did you get over that hurdle, do you think? For me, I had no experience with Photoshop or anything like that before, but I just took it upon myself because I love it. I love, I like font. I like learning about fonts. So like for me, like I just took the time to watch YouTube videos and just, I've been self-teaching myself these things because I, it interests me and I wanted to improve my skill set. So I had no no experience into now where I'm at, where I'm comfortable with it. And it's all from just reading, but also YouTube videos, tutorials are great. There's just a boundless amount of information you could just look up on YouTube. It's fantastic. I'll tell you stuff. <laughs> but honestly, but for me, I know that like when it comes to the tech side, I just am better at, at that's just more natural to me because I grew up with Facebook and I really into video games and computers. So that stuff's kind of second nature to me. So it's just, it's really just taking some time and self-teaching. And I know it's so busy. It's so busy sometimes at a parish. People don't think that it is, but it is. And you just have to like in your spare time, like maybe at a lunch, just watch some tutorials, teach yourself. And along the lines of that, diocesan, for those of you that are interested in some of our tutorials, we are making available, actually Harry's making, gradually, slowly getting material made available to our website. So for those of you looking for material, if you want to check us out, just call us at our 800 number, visit our website, diocesan.com. And I'm sure you'll be able to find some great videos there that will teach you simple things like what margins would be one of them. Harry, is that one some margins, of you're doing? Some margins, covers. We're, in fact, I've been told the other day that I need to produce more videos, that they're out of videos of me. And I've, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm like you, Kristen. I'm self, I've 
it took me a lot longer to be honest. You said you've been doing this four years, I believe. Yeah, about that. Yeah. I'm 35 years into this now, and it took me all these years to get where you are. But I had a lot of help from people here that I worked with. They they would take me aside and go, don't do that anymore. That's terrible looking. <laughs> or a bit font. Like yourself, I'm now a font minimalist is what mm -hmm. I am. I, whenever I build a template, you get two fonts out of me. Yeah. I mean, fold them. I might italicize them in different points. I... But I'm a minimalist. I always believe less is more yes. in the bulletin. Absolutely. You're an advanced user now. You've been using Photoshop for how long now? Oh, God. Not even like a year, I don't think. I think like maybe a year. I don't know. It hasn't been long. Maybe a year. Okay. Because that was my introduction to a computer. I played the solitaire on a computer. <laughs> And then I opened up Photoshop and I dove in, this was back in 94, 93. And I dove into Photoshop head first. It is my program. It's my yeah. favorite. It might, it's my absolute favorite in design. I feel is pretty cool. But now what do you use to assemble your bulletin? What program are you using? I kind of do combined effort. So it's like publisher is where I end up like import or exporting all of the things that I've created into that. So that's the thing that I create the PDFs out of is publisher, because if I'm not here or something, I could say someone can go to the publisher with that. And it's, that's more user-friendly, but I also use Canva. I started off using it like primarily, but it's also it's just because it's good for inspiration for layouts, but I think that really helps. And what I do is and I do, I shouldn't be doing this, but this is what I do because I'm lazy. I make it into, <laughs> I make it into I love your honesty. I love it. <laughs> I make it into, and I'm sure I drive some of the staff at diocesan Florida nuts with my, when they do this, but I make it into a very high resolution PNG after I created it in this Canva, which is a soft graphic designer software, yeah. very yeah. high PNG after I made it. And then I'll just copy the PNG into publisher. So I, it'll be like a image like a jpeg but it's mm -hmm. png's higher qualities and i'll just copy it and put that into publisher and then yeah. also photoshop i'll just design in photoshop and then i'll do the same thing so most of a lot of my bulletin is a lot of just really high res images and it would be easier if i did it in in design but it's just it's just too specialized that it wouldn't be no one could cover for me if i wasn't very true. I've, I have found InDesign. It's my favorite program. Mm -hmm. It's not really, it's just not the, the program that you want to use in a parish when, because like you say, when you're gone on vacation, who's going to step in for you? Right, exactly. You're going to teach them the difference between publisher and InDesign. I always say publisher is like riding a bike. InDesign is like interstellar trap and teaching people that is, is rather difficult. Now, I will say one of the things that you mentioned, Canva, hey. the online program, I like the program, but it's also the bane of my hey. existence. Yeah, I can see that. Because there are people that they just let the youth minister make their own Canva piece. They let mm -hmm. father make his Canva piece. The music <laughs> director makes his Canva piece. And what you wind up with is this college color and all that. Do you give these folks any access? Do you tell them to use Canva or, because I know you said no paper. 
<laughs> no paper. And so basically everything you want from them is just send me an email with your info and I'll do it. What do you yes. say to the people who use Canva and send you stuff? I don't tell anyone about Canva unless I'm not like, oh, you want that? Go on Canva. No, I, I took a design. No, but what I have done is recommended to like the Knights have their own newsletter. They haven't used it. They checked it out. They weren't a fan. I'll recommend it if there's an outside ministry and they that don't have a, they don't come to the parish for their meetings and stuff, but they're still associated with our church. I'll recommend, oh, you have a newsletter? Go use Canva. It's a great tool. And it's really a good stepping stone into uh, like graphic design. I wouldn't say that should be a, if you're, that's your job job, like as a graphic designer, don't rely on Canva. That wouldn't be great. But it's great for people that like just want to get a nice layout idea and like work with that within that. And that's very helpful. But I don't, I do not recommend it. I don't think anyone should do this, but is have people submit finished things for the bulletin. Like that should, because you're going to get a mess of fonts and everything. Say that again, please say that again and say it really loudly, really loudly. I would love the emphasis, emphasis. Interesting. I do not recommend accepting finished products from other ministries because you are you're going to get a cluster and a hodgepodge of mm. different fonts. And it's when I'm making the bulletin, like I've developed it so that I'm thinking of it as a magazine. And mm. what you want is something that's elegant, and you want something to appreciate. And you can't. You don't have to be afraid of negative space, which is white against the stuff. Like, don't want it to be. You can emphasize a thing that you want to say by just having elegant font, something simple, but it doesn't have to be bold and red and have a bunch of images to get your message through because people are just not going to look at it and they're going to find it, they're going to bypass it completely. I always say if your bulletin looks like a ransom note, <laughs> you're not going to get a lot of response. To no, no. Are, uh, they're, they're not going to. Oh, now, one more question from me and real quickly, photos from inside your parish. Do you encourage people to submit photos to you at all? No, but I mean, I've accepted photos like from faith formation, for instance, confirmation. They hired a photographer and they wanted to share some of them in the bulletin. And that works out fine because it's high quality images, but what happens a lot is, and, it, and this is just people don't know what high res is, what will send something that's very low res and then I can't use it. And I'm like, I'm, I just, I'm going to find something else because this is not something I can use because they're just not aware of how it works. So I don't use, I don't at all actually accept, I'll get the gist. Like I'm totally open with, give me some ideas of what you want. If there's a specific image of Christ that you want to share and I'm like, Okay, I can't use that image exactly, but I'll find something along those lines. Yeah. Something comparable to yeah, what comparable. They, their vision. I've always said one of the biggest problems I see, again, youth group directors have this habit of taking 500 pictures and then yeah. making that yearbook collage, which is not, nope. it's nice, but it's not, it's not like you say elegant. No. And I always tell people 10 mediocre images don't equal one great image. And all you need is one great photograph. Mm -hmm. 
to accent a story and it will like you say you want to draw the people in don't be afraid of negative space please and all of that I, I like that attitude and john we're gonna have to re-edit this video because she's saying so many key phrases we don't need me to do the next instructional video Kristen. we have chris going to do it that's awesome yeah just have her <laughs> doing it. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Kristen, from my end, one question that comes to mind also, and I often hear this from parishes as you're creating a balance, creating also potentially a structure for parishes to follow and how to submit information to you. But then there's also the internal challenges that every parish is different. Every There's larger parishes with enough staff to support, in this case, like what you do, your focus is communication and media for the parish. Not sure how many other hats you wear at the parish, because I know that's the tendency for many of our parishes or from, our, from an administrative standpoint is you have many hats. You're either the secretary, bulletin editor, uh, slash, 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 slash. So my question to you is, what would be your, when you look at that challenge, a lot of all, other parishes, our brothers and sisters that are dealing with communication on how to balance administrative with communication, do you set I'm sure, I don't, again, and maybe this is not the question for you, but I'm thinking that you also deal with other things aside from media at the parish, correct? Do you have a balance on how you create it? Do you have set dates that you dedicate towards communication that allows you to be creative and focus on that and then come back to the administrative side later? How does that work for you? I don't necessarily have too much as far as administration. Okay. There are some things like, really, just that is not really what I do so much anymore. There's some aspects of like, getting things out because we record funerals for families and stuff. But sometimes that kind of gets overwhelming because you get a lot of that and you need to get them out to the families and organizing addresses and all that. That's a little bit of that. But really, I think it's very important to be open with like your director, manager and stuff and like tell them if you're being overwhelmed with requests and stuff to just be like, explain, it takes time for a project to get done. Like you can't rush. If there's like a graphic, cause I do, I'm the graphic designer for a lot of, for everything really, but like for the, but for also ministry. So I'm graphic designer for the parish like office, but also ministries will make requests. And sometimes that gets to be a lot. So you just have to like, let your director know, be honest and be like, listen, there's a lot happening right now. And I need to quit some projects. They're going to take a while. Cause I feel like, at least for me, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to mm -hmm. get things done fast. And like, that's the best that I can do. That doesn't always work out and also you end up creating less quality stuff if you're just trying to do everything like all at once and bring 1500 different people mm -hmm. so i think it's important to just be very open with and hopefully you have someone that listens and like respects that it takes time for you to do your work mm -hmm. it's very challenging Correct. and just just saying that things just will get done but it just takes time there you Try and make, you obviously make do deadlines, like the bulletin you have to do at a certain time, but just work with people and give them real, like real holistic expectations and just work with that. True. And I think it would, going back, and it's fair to say, it, I guess, that when you're, you're the bulletin editor or you're the media coordinator, like you are at your parish, I think if you set the foundation, what you know, defining what the clear expectation is as yeah. to when to submit content, 
how do you want content submitted to you? What format? That's not a sticky note. No. <laughs> it's an actual document that you yeah. can utilize, copy, paste, and then do the rest of the creative around it. I think that is key that would allow to for you to have that additional time and space. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that having yeah. that foundation would allow you to then say, yes, this can be done, sir, business manager, but I'm going to need extra time to accomplish certain things the way that you or we want our brand, going back to the idea of branding your parish, showcasing a consistent message from one weekend to another, here's what I'm going to need as your communicator, as your bulletin editor yeah. for the parish in order to provide a beautiful and effective way of communicating with our parish. So that's awesome. Harry, anything else that you'd like to add for our guests? Any so, other questions? That so come much, to but again, I don't want to bombard Kristen. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I do think that I, again, I love your bulletin. You, the, one of the things you said earlier about how, when somebody gives you a wall of text that you are going to edit it, what we would call readers digest it, that you condense it down into the, I wish it more bulletin editors, though the word edit is really key in your job. And well, to be fair, I'm lucky that I have someone that, that encouraged my talents and stuff and trust me to make decisions and trust my creative. It's hard if you have kind of an A-type person that's like very, like very controlling of the stuff with the <laughs> So it's like, you can only do so much with the boundaries that are given to you. For me, I'm just fortunate that I have the freedom to do, to make those decisions and tell people like where uh, it's going or what I can do with what they yeah. give. So yeah. very nice. you have to be comfortable with that. Yes. And one more thing, please, John. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I understand you're getting married in October. Congratulations. <laughs> but what's it like planning a wedding and doing church communication? Like <laughs> you just gotta, like I said uh, before, I just gotta, you know, compartmentalize. <laughs> and uh, I don't do it during the week. And then that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Congrats on that, Lady. Congrats you. on your upcoming wedding. That's Congrats. awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's great to, to know. All right. Thank you again, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and for sharing your time and talent with our viewers, listeners. Yep. And really quick again, Kristen, if you don't mind just repeating, where can our viewers, listeners find your work today? At subtercatholic.org, S-U-M-T-E-R. And then on our Facebook too, for some of the graphic stuff I post, CDP Wildwood. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kristen. And again, for those of you that may want to reach out to Kristen, Kristen, are you okay if someone will reach out to you and ask questions? Would that be okay with you? Absolutely. I was actually going to say, if you want, you can send me an email and we can maybe even set up a call. I'm, I love giving perspective on like graphic design and stuff because it's just, I really like it and not a lot of people want to talk about it. So if you need some <laughs> input and need some input, I'm happy to do that. Fantastic. Fantastic. We are grateful. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for, again, being with me once again, this is like a great follow-up to our, what, two episodes ago, episode seven, I think was when we did our yeah, uh, it, podcast too there. It all so, blurs uh, together <laughs> for me now, John. I've got to tell you, two years of these webinars and... Uh, oh, wow, two years. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And once again, I always have the clone nose at the ready. <laughs> <laughs> once we go off the rails, oh, but nothing is... 
Kristen, thank you. And John, thank you. I've really had a great time today. This was very nice. I really appreciate both of you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you so much. Again, thank you again, Kristen. I appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you in the future and continue to, again, we'll continue to spy on your amazing work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for joining another great episode of the Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. You can find out more about upcoming episodes by visiting diocesan.com slash podcast. You'll find everything you need to know about subscribing to the podcast there. You'll find our streaming channels, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So yay, we're on three streaming channels for now. So please visit. Don't forget to follow us there. Again, you can visit diocesan.com slash podcast and check in often for new upcoming episodes. Thanks for joining us at Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. Please visit diocesan.com slash podcast to listen to today's recording anytime you'd like. And be sure to bookmark this page to check back often. We have some fantastic topics and speakers joining us this season, and you won't want to miss that. Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast is produced by Diocesan. For more information, please visit diocesan.com slash podcast. And don't forget to find and like us on social media at facebook.com slash diocesan publications. On behalf of the diocesan family, have a wonderful day and may God bless you all.